Big news from the MedVed Show. We just added a 50% off opportunity to an annual basic MedHead subscription. That makes it $29.95 a year. It breaks out to just $2.50 per month. Promo code MEDHEAD. Go to michaelmedved.com and promo code MEDHEAD. This is the Michael Medved Show. Another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It looks like, based upon a new poll, a very great day, maybe a great week, maybe a great year for Donald John Trump. Why? Because there's a new NBC poll that completely contradicts what a previous poll from last week from Quinnipiac seemed to show. Uh, Last week it showed that uh, Joe Biden was surging. And he had opened up a six-point lead on, uh, on, on President Trump. Uh, not now. The NBC no- News poll is a train wreck for Joe Biden and leads to more speculation about the Democrats trying to replace him as their nominee. This despite the fact that he just participated in the South Carolina primary. I know their primary between Trump and Haley is later. It's it's beginning. The voting is beginning this week, but it comes at the end of the month. The um, uh, Democrats voted yesterday, and 96% voted for Biden. So that doesn't look like he is in trouble with the grassroots, but he may be in deep trouble with the party establishment, which wants to win. Uh, 1-800-955-1776 is our uh, phone number. We're going to be speaking about that NBC News poll with Jonathan Allen, who's a senior political reporter for NBC, and also with Rich Lowry, the editor of National Review, who has written a piece speculating on, well, what would happen if the Democrats try a last-minute switcheroo to uh, field a more viable candidate against President Trump. Uh, There's also big news from the other side of the Atlantic, the other side of the pond. Uh, King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. You may remember it was publicized. He was going in uh, to uh, have treatment for an enlarged prostate. But uh, while they were doing that, the uh, doctors discovered that uh, he was suffering from cancer and needed immediate treatment. And uh, the statement says the type of cancer has not been revealed. It is not prostate cancer, but was discovered during his recent treatment for an enlarged prostate. The king began regular treatments today and will postpone public duties during the treatment, the palace said. The king, who was 75, remains wholly positive about his treatment and looks forward to returning to full public duty as soon as possible. And as someone who has gone through uh, several months of cancer treatment, thank God, successfully, uh, (laughs) it's hard to feel sorry for the King of England, but uh, this is, uh, I mean, he had just obviously taken over. This obviously humanizes him. Uh, The king informed both his sons personally about his diagnosis, and the Prince of Wales, that would be Prince William, was said to be in regular contact with his father. The Duke of Sussex, uh, Prince Harry, who lives in the United States and has had a anguished relationship with his family. He spoke to his father, and he will be traveling uh, 
to the United Kingdom to see his father in the coming days. Uh, although he will pause his public events, the king will continue with his constitutional role as head of state, including paperwork and private meetings. Now, you might ask, okay, so what does a king of England really do uh, other than go on tour and appear at public events? In any event, uh, they say in the BBC information there is a constitutional mechanism for when the head of state is unable to carry out official duties. This is something like our 25th Amendment to the Constitution. In that circumstance, counselors of state can be appointed to stand in for the monarch. At present, it's all in the family. Uh, that includes Queen Camilla, the wife of, uh, uh, of King Charles, of course, uh, his oldest son, Prince William, the Prince of Wales, the Princess Royal, and Prince Edward. Uh, Prince Harry and the Duke of York are no longer called upon as non-working royals. Prince William is also temporarily withdrawn from public agents while he helps his wife Catherine, uh, also known as Kate, the Princess of Wales, as she recovers from abdominal surgery. So the House of Windsor has been facing some serious and, uh, as mentioned before, humanizing health issues. Uh, meanwhile, there is the dissent on uh, Washington. It came down uh, with, with trumpets and fanfare and big lighting, maybe a little fireworks, uh, of the new uh, immigration bill. It's an immigration bill that was jointly reached and supported by some of the most conservative members of the U.S. Senate and uh, some of the outspoken liberals in the U.S. Senate. What's going to happen with this bill? Uh, the expectation is it's going to uh, get killed by the House of Representatives. That certainly is what the Speaker of the House uh Mike Johnson made clear in weekend television appearances over the weekend. But now that people have seen the bill, uh, isn't it fairly obvious that it would actually help to cope with the surge, the tidal wave of unauthorized immigrants at the border? Uh, we're going to be speaking uh, with Linda Chavez about that, a, a longtime Republican activist, uh, former U.S. Senate candidate in the state of Maryland. She's also a senior fellow at the National Immigration Forum. Uh, is this bill worth saving? And uh, meanwhile, the uh, ongoing uh, battle for the Republican nomination uh, it, it seems that uh, Donald Trump is enjoying uh, a huge advantage in the state of South Carolina. Would that be the end of the Haley campaign if she loses her home state? And uh, concerning uh, the uh, war in Gaza, which continues, uh, there is actually very good news for the state of Israel and a uh, report from the Telegraph, the leading conservative-leaning uh, newspaper in uh, Great Britain, and also uh, some very good news for Israel in a, an editorial, a signed editorial by the editorial board in the Wall Street Journal that indicates that despite 
everything that you may have heard from uh, some mainstream who, of course, like to emphasize pictures with suffering and destruction and chaos. Uh, Israel's winning the war and winning the war more quickly and more readily than uh, anyone would have expected. Uh, we will bring that to you as well. Uh, there uh, is also this, as if we don't have enough to cope with in America. Uh, a California secession movement wants a national divorce to avoid civil war. Uh, there's a piece in Newsweek that suggests that these people are serious. Now, what they want to do is not just for California to break apart from the United States. They want uh, California to break apart into a separate country for part of California and another part of California that is left behind that is not the uh, separate country uh, would, would then have a new state identity. It would be Pacifica or maybe Pacifica is the new country. The new country that would be part of California, that would be based on chopping up California, would include the Bay Area and the Central Coast. Uh, amazingly, this has some prominent support, but so do uh, secession calls in Texas and New Hampshire. New Hampshire is serious, too. We will get to all of that and more. Coming up, Rich Lowry editor of National Review on uh, a train wreck for Joe Biden in a new poll. Why? And who would be the alternative if Biden is not the nominee? We'll be right back with Rich Lowry on the Medved Show. Big news from the Medved Show. We just added a 50% off opportunity to an annual basic MedHead subscription. That makes it $29.95 a year. It breaks out to just $2.50 per month. Promo code MEDHEAD. Go to michaelmedved.com and promo code MEDHEAD. And on the Michael Medved Show, a great honor to welcome to the show once again, Rich Lowry, who is the editor of National Review, the editor-in-chief, and he is also a regular contributor to Politico and one of uh, America's leading conservative voices. He's the author also of the best-selling book, The Case for Nationalism. And uh, your most recent contribution has a blockbuster headline. The headline says, The new NBC News poll is a train wreck for Joe Biden. Okay, aside from the fact that it shows uh, Joe Biden falling behind uh, Donald Trump in a head-to-head uh, -head matchup, uh, what's the most... Uh, uh, intimidating and, and devastating news for Joe Biden in this new poll. Hey, Michael, thanks for having me. Well, I think it's two things. One, being about 20 points down on the economy is never a place you want to be as an incumbent president. And, but the jobs numbers have been pretty good lately, so maybe they can take the edge off of that discontent. But I, I kind of think if Trump's ahead by 20 points on the economy, he could win this election even if he's confined to Rikers in, in November. 
and then two, they asked, you know, who who has the stamina and uh, mental acuity to be president, Trump or Biden, and Biden's getting crushed on that metric as well. Only 23% of people said he does. So that's something that's not going to get better. So those are deeply concerning. I mean, this this is an incumbent president uh, who's the weakest incumbent running for re-election since George H.W. Bush or or Jimmy Carter, and this might be, as someone was pointing out on Twitter, it might be that it's the worst poll for an incumbent president ever. I mean, there's just there's just nothing good about it. Well, it, it and again, it shows uh, moving in the wrong direction because, as you point out, uh, recent NBC polls had showed uh, they showed a, a very narrow lead for Biden a couple of months ago. And then show them being tied, and now you have a uh, a, a nationwide uh, disadvantage for Biden and an advantage for Trump. Is uh, do you have any sense from looking at this poll if there is anything different about the swing states? I know in a lot of polls, uh, Trump has done even better among yeah. uh, swing state voters than he has in, in voters nationwide that includes states like California and New York that are so overwhelmingly Democratic. Yeah, exactly. So so in general, <clears throat> what we've seen kind of accords with the fact that Democratic votes are maldistributed across the country. They're overly weighted in places like New York and California, which you can only win once. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter whether you win them by one vote or Three million votes, you, you still want them, and you get the same um, amount of electoral votes. So generally, you know, this is what happened in 16. You know, Trump can lose by about three points probably and still eke out an electoral college win. So these polls that have generally not all of them had Trump ahead nationally are um, therefore, not surprisingly, look better for him in the swing states. Not all swing states, not all polls, but in Georgia, in which he lost in 2020, He's been consistently ahead, you know, by eight, nine, ten points. Uh, there's a poll in Wisconsin the other day that showed it showed it very close, which is kind of what you would expect in Wisconsin. So, just nationally, Michael, it's important to remember this is the best that Trump's like ever polled, ever. You know, he was never ahead in 2020. I think there's one Rasmussen national poll where he was ahead in 2020. He was losing in every every single other poll, literally. And then in 2016, last two months or so before the election, he was consistently behind. Maybe one or two polls again where he was ahead, but consistently behind Hillary Clinton. So to have him winning in polling averages and ahead in most national polls is just an amazing thing. And it's a sign overwhelmingly of Biden's weakness because it's not as though Trump is you know, hugely personally popular. You know, It's not as though all the people who didn't like him or suddenly concluded, I like that guy. They haven't. It. It's just they're looking at the alternative in, in the White House and uh, they're appalled. So you mentioned in your piece, uh, and I, I, I know this is on the mind of many people, Republican as well as Democrat, uh, that uh, there probably will be at some point a serious attempt to try to replace him as the Democratic nominee for president. How would that even possibly work at this point? Yeah, I have a lot of good friends who, who think this. They're really smart plug-in people. I just don't see it exactly because of this this question you ask. How would this work? How would this work? You know, they have to do it at an open convention. So here they're, they're staring down the barrel of the gun of a, a, a President Trump that they fear with every fiber of their being and hate with every fiber of their being. 
And they're, they're going to, under that threat, they're, they're going to undertake this, this effort at a convention that we, you know, we've never seen in modern contemporary American politics and not knowing, you know, who the alternative is or, or clearly having a better alternative. I think uh, Biden is terrible, but is Kamala Harris better? Is Gavin Newsom better? You know, maybe Newsom is, but I, I'm not so sure about that. So I think the, the way to challenge Joe Biden, if they wanted him out, the way to get him out would have been to run a serious primary opponent against him and have the power brokers, the powers that be, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all those people backing such a person. They obviously didn't do that. They had no interest in doing that. And I don't think they're going to take a, a, a leap into the unknown uh, anytime this year, unless, you know, Biden's health forces their hand. And, and, and I don't think that's I think there's some possibility of that. But but uh, absent that, this is this is their guy for better or worse. Well, it, wouldn't it be likely, and I was thinking about this because of the sad news about uh, King Charles III, who is now going to be undergoing cancer treatment. Uh, King Charles is younger <laughs> by, uh, what, six years than, than Joe yeah. Biden. Yeah, everyone's everyone's uh, younger. <laughs> well, not 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 everyone, not uh, Mitch McConnell, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, or Chuck Grassley. I think Chuck Grassley's ninety. But um, in any event, when you come back to Biden's age, if uh, there was any kind of health issue, and and he could uh, credibly uh, step aside. Uh, with the health issue and everyone wishing him speedy recovery, et cetera, et cetera. The problem with that, it seems to me, is there would be a tremendous sentiment on the part of a lot of people to replace him uh, with Kamala Harris, yeah. who uh, I don't know if there's been polling on this, but <laughs> I, it, it seems a, a potential disaster for Democrats and a huge uh, leading factor for President Trump. If you can stay with us, uh, I want to talk more about presidential politics. And CNN, actually, in uh, their biggest analysis, where they analyze the Electoral College, uh, suggests that uh, Trump is a likely winner based upon carrying states even without carrying, necessarily, uh, Arizona and uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. There are enough electoral votes for Donald Trump, CNN says, to make him uh, the 47th president of the United States, which is what he wants to be. We'll continue the conversation with Rich Lowry of National Review coming back on The Michael Medved Show. Rich Lowry is the author of the best-selling book, The Case for Nationalism. He is editor of National Review. He is uh, just coming to terms uh, with some of the most recent polling that shows a very strong advantage for President uh, Donald Trump in terms of a head-to-head match uh, against uh, Joe Biden. The one question I want to ask you about that before we move on for just a moment to foreign affairs is uh, this uh, NBC poll that you're talking about is a head-to-head matchup 
which does not include uh, Robert Kennedy or third and fourth party candidates. And there are other polls that have uh, shown that that President Trump could be hurt seriously uh, by well by the Kennedy campaign, particularly if it really does hold up getting fifteen uh, percent and above of the uh, public support, the popular vote. Uh, what what do you think about the general impact? of the Kennedy campaign. Apparently, uh, they are releasing new polling showing them surging. But uh, go ahead. Polling has been quite strong for him. At the moment, you know, he's polling stronger than anyone we've had since Ross Perot in 1992, who got 19 percent of the vote. Of course, got exactly zero electoral votes because that wasn't enough to, to win anywhere, which usually is the dynamic that sinks third-party candidates, even if they get some spring in their step initially. So I wouldn't expect him to hold the kind of polling he, he has, you know, teens at maybe 20s. You know, it's just amazing how low uh, Trump and Biden go in some of these polls when you include all the other candidates. But I, I think the, the fundamental danger uh, from th- these independent candidates is, is to Biden and it's from it's from the left. You know, I don't think most people are going to vote for Robert Kennedy uh, are, are going to be right wingers. He's um, he's. Uh, you know, establish some of that appeal with his uh, opposition to COVID, various COVID policies, including the vaccine. But, you know, Cornell West, if he gets 5 percent, I mean, that's a disaster for Joe Biden in a, in a close race. No, and that's a, what, the most recent Quinnipiac poll uh, among independents shows that among that big chunk of Americans who describe themselves as political independents, uh, Trump is down at 26 percent. Biden is up at 32 percent and winning among independents is Robert Kennedy at 36 percent. That's amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And and it just goes to uh, the the uh, the the lack of interest that most Americans have in voting for either uh, Trump or, or Biden and how they're desperate for an alternative. I think when they learn more about Robert Kennedy, besides the last name, that the a lot of that support will go away. But if either party, you know, we're talking about switching out Biden, which I don't think it's going to happen, but if either party had gone down a different path, you know, and either not nominated Trump or not nominated Biden, while they're running against the other guy, they, they'd have a huge advantage. But but neither party did that. So we're, we're in this uh, enervating rematch, which will be uh, for a lot of people. I'll find it fascinating, but for most people uh, will be a, a, a hard slog for the next 10 months. Okay, speaking of a hard slog for the next 10 months, 10 months from now, do you think we are still going to be uh, engaged in uh, daily attacks on Iranian-backed uh, militias or Houthi rebels? Uh, because apparently so far there there appears to be a no end to their determination to keep hitting Americans. They just hit an American base and six Kurdish fighters at least have been killed in that drone attack. Is this going to continue for the rest of the year? It is unless Biden, and I think he might eventually get forced into this, but really takes a step that scares the Iranians and deters them. I mean, something like hitting an oil facility on on the coast and rendering it unusable 
for years. Something like that would get their attention, and then they, they might stop. It's fully within their power to stop these attacks. Otherwise, if they're involved in this kind of tit-for-tat game that, that we've got caught up in, why not keep doing it? I mean, they're, they're, Iran itself is not paying any price. To the best of your knowledge, have, has you heard anything that President uh, Trump has suggested differently about dealing with the uh, Iranians and their Houthi colleagues? Well, you know, it's it's just more uh, bellicose-sounding statements. The thing is, I I take that pretty seriously. I mean, given what he did with Sol- Soleimani, right? The, the the reporting was the Pentagon put the Soleimani option after there's been an attack, I believe, on our, our embassy. Just, just on there to, uh, you know, be the, the extreme option that you don't pick, so it makes everything else look more moderate, kind of typical bureaucratic type politics. And Trump's like, okay, let's do that one, <laughs> and and it had a it had the effect. You know, we didn't have to wage a major war. We hit one guy with one missile from one drone, and it sent the signal. And uh, you know, there are a lot of people who were warning it was going to start World War III, and you need something like that, you know, w- whatever it is. And I have more confidence in Trump doing that than than Joe Biden. What about confidence in handling the situation in Ukraine? Do you think he can end the war in 24 hours? No, I, I don't. He won't. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. He, he's, he's never said he's going to cut off funding. So I do think there'll be some sort of diplomatic uh, uh, initiative that he'll undertake. And if he figures out that the, the Russians are, are the problem here, um, I, I, I think he could keep uh, supporting Ukraine. But obviously that, that one is much more of a, uh, uh, of a jump ball. You don't know where he's going to uh, come down. And he's obviously, he said a lot of nice things about Vladimir Putin. The policies in general were pretty good during his first year, um, first term uh, against Russia. But w- what he said about him was, was appalling. So that, that, that's one that makes me, makes me nervous. And uh, what about the situation in the Hamas-Israel war? Uh, one of the things they emphasize in the Wall Street Journal today is that Israel is winning. They're doing well in the war, that they've killed about two-thirds of the fighters in Hamas, uh, but that uh, they need more time. Uh, do you think that... Uh, there have been people talking about President Trump making a bid for Arab-American votes, particularly in Michigan, where there are over 200,000 voters who uh, are part of that ethnic background. Uh, do you think that uh, President Trump would continue to be a strong supporter of uh, uh, of Israel in this ongoing conflict? Yeah, I think his instinct would be to back Israel to the hilt, his understanding of his coalition would be that that's what they would want, and, and they would. The one caveat here is that he hates Bibi Netanyahu, <laughs> and, he, and, uh, and, and stuff is, you know, he, obviously personal relations matter to him a lot, but his, his basic instinct is just be 100 percent better than Biden's. Uh, we uh, uh, <laughs> will see uh, all of that. If you had to predict um, uh, the favorites of uh, President Trump for his running mate. I know that recently he said that he was seriously considering Christy Noam and Tim Scott. Yeah. Uh, any anyone yeah. else? You never know, right? You know how much of that's kind of a psyop, as they say these these days, and whether he's just just teasing or how sincere it is. I think there are possibilities. I, I would bet if I had to on Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who checks a lot of boxes. 
she's a Trump loyalist, but she hasn't, you know, disgraced herself or seemed like she wants this too much. Um, she's kind of been in the national cauldron, not at this level, but you know, press secretary was not an easy job during the first Trump administration, and she's she's really a, a, a winsome communicator. You know, she's a mom of three. She's a cancer survivor. So I don't think anyone's going to really soften Trump's image up much, but there's a potential that she could help a little bit in that regard. Um, what about Elise Stefanik? She seems to be going for it, but that's yet another name. Uh, Rich Lowry, his most recent piece uh, in uh, National Review is about the train wreck for Joe Biden and the most recent polling. We will be right back. Uh, with more on the ongoing campaign, including Nikki Haley. What's she doing? Well, she's doing Saturday Night Live, among other things. We'll get to that coming up on The Medved Show. CNN is reporting the U.S. will take further action, uh, that's the official term, after carrying out major strikes on Iran-backed groups in Iraq and Syria. So said uh, President Johnson, uh, President Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, uh, on CNN. The uh, strikes mark the beginning of the response to an attack that killed U.S. soldiers in Jordan. I think that's misleading because it, it's not just the attack. It's more than 150 attacks that they've had on uh, U.S. personnel, a plus in international shipping, which has a, a terrible economic impact on the United States and our allies. Um, most recently, up to six Kurdish fighters have been killed in a drone attack hitting a base housing U.S. troops in Syria, according uh, uh, to a rebel group. In other words, the uh, attack was aimed, apparently, at U.S. troops, but it hit Kurds. Uh, the backed Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces said the attack hit a training ground at Al-Omar base in Syria's eastern province of Deir el-Zawar. All of this is extraordinarily serious, uh, and there's a um, uh, commentary which is not all positive concerning the way the president is handling this. Uh, for instance, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, senior senator from South Carolina, uh, was on Fox News talking about what he believes to be the shortcomings of the Biden administration response to Iran and its proxy militias. This is clip one. If you've convinced Iran we don't want a wider war, they believe you. Oh, I don't want a war with you. They got the message. What they're not uh, afraid of us. They're, they were afraid of Trump. They're not afraid of us. Look what happened in Afghanistan in 21. Look what happened in uh, uh, Europe in 2022. 2023, uh, Hamas attacks Israel. It is not working. We need to change our policy. People are not afraid of us. This idea of hitting hundreds of targets, it doesn't matter. The only Iranian we killed in Syria, Iraq, or, or 
is some dumbass that doesn't know to get out of the way. We gave them a week's notice. So if there are another round of strikes coming, I hope they, they really will hurt Iran in their pocketbook or kill their leadership, because if you don't, nothing changes. Uh, and by the way, that was uh, echoed, that, that commentary, by Nikki Haley. She's campaigning in South Carolina. Uh, she is, by the way, been raising a boatload of money and uh, still running far behind President Trump with the voting beginning in South Carolina this week. Uh, this is uh, uh, Governor Haley uh, speaking about the U.S. response to Iran. Are you satisfied with the U.S. response so far? Well, I think the first thing is I have to respond as um, the wife of a combat veteran and, uh, you know, one whose husband is deployed right now. We make a promise to our military men and women that we will keep them safe. We make a promise to the military families. We make a promise to them themselves. The fact that nothing was done after the first strike, the fact that nothing was done after the second strike, it took 165 strikes, three soldiers to die, two Navy SEALs, and now Biden wants to do something? The biggest issue is this didn't have to happen. Why did it take so long? So let's go back to what started it. What started it was, first of all, he never should have fallen all over himself to get back into the Iran deal. By doing that, he lifted the sanctions. All the money flowed to all of the terrorist proxies around the region. And now we're paying the price of that. And so you look at what's happened now. First of all, I think he should have done something sooner. But first, Dana, first and foremost, Put the sanctions back on. you got to put the sanctions back on. Now, I appreciate that he did do something. I appreciate that he's gone after the targets of where the missiles and drones are coming from in terms of Iraq and Syria. I appreciate that what he's doing in Yemen. But if you really want to make a difference and you really want to put an end to this, which is what we all want to do, first you put the sanctions, then you go after one or two of the IRGC military leaders that are making these decisions. Okay, uh, and then she went on, continued conversation on CNN. Uh, this is Ambassador Haley uh, with Dana Bash, uh, clip nine. Well, I worked closely with him to get out of the Iran deal. I mean, I actually went to, um, you know, the International Atomic Energy Agency to study whether the Iran deal was working. And when I asked them the questions, I said, you know, how many of the research areas do you inspect? Because we knew a lot of the nuclear production was happening in the research areas. And they said, we don't inspect those. And I said, well, how many of the military installations do you inspect? Because we knew that that's where the production was happening. They said, well, we're not allowed to inspect the military installations. And I said, okay, then what do you inspect? And they said, well, if we get a tip, we give them 45 days and then we go and inspect. And that's when I came back and told Donald Trump, not only do you have to get out of the Iran deal, it's the responsible thing to do. So they don't keep their promises. They've always said death to America. So Trump was right to get out of the Iran deal. We were right to have the sanctions in place. The problem was the sanctions never should have been lifted. What would you that's do what gave them all now. of the power. I don't I think I would do exactly the same thing. Put the sanctions back on and I would go after the the Iranian military leadership. That's what we need to do to stop what's happening in Lebanon. That's what we need to do to stop what's happening in Yemen and the Red Sea. That's what we need to stop what's happening in Iraq and Syria. This will escalate. That's the problem is this is going to escalate. And none of this had to happen. They wouldn't have happened if they wouldn't have had the money to do it. And uh, Jake Sullivan, the president's national security advisor, 
Interesting. He's had the same individual as National Security Advisor uh, for his first three years and going on for the fourth year. Uh, Jake Sullivan uh, had this to say about responsibility for the instability in the Middle East. I've sat on this Clip program two. previously. I've stood at the podium and explained the relationship between Iran and the Houthis, Iran and the Shia militia groups, Iran and Hezbollah, Iran and Hamas. So uh, we make no bones about that. Uh, Iran has a significant and pernicious uh, responsibility for much of the instability in the Middle East. And that has to be factored into how we approach everything that we're doing and how Israel has to approach everything it's doing. And uh, then she, um, Dana Bash, speaks about airstrikes inside Iran. Is that ruled out at this point? This is with Jake Sullivan, clip three. Inside Iran, would you rule that out at this point? Look, sitting on a, a national TV program, I'm not going to rule in and rule out uh, any activity anywhere. Uh, what I am going to say is that the president will do what he thinks needs to be done and, again, reinforce the point that he's going to uh, defend our forces and also that he is not looking to get into a war. And uh, that not would get into a war. And what do we call this that we're involved with right now, where every day there appear to be other strikes against American forces in the region? Uh, look, it's a uh, serious matter, but uh, so is the ongoing politics of the moment, where uh, Nikki Haley, who was speaking about foreign policy, you heard just there, is uh, actually took time off a little bit to appear on Saturday Night Live, where she showed it a good sense of humor and helped uh, them make fun of her, uh, which is interesting to see. Uh, in addition to, at the same time, they were making a good deal of fun at President Trump. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is doing a great big festival with one of the other recent American politicians, who is uh, not <laughs> taken that seriously anymore, but a former professional wrestler, uh, Jesse Ventura, who has also got himself elected governor of Minnesota, which you will recall. There's going to be a big voter rally for Robert Kennedy Jr., who, according to recent polls, is uh, doing historically well for a third-party candidate and among independents is actually winning. Now, does that mean he could win without a solid base of either Republican or Democratic supporters? Uh, who knows, but very, very unlikely. Uh, we will get to that. We will also be talking about the border bill and uh, what it would mean for actually the problems of illegal immigration. Would it make it worse or better if that bill is passed?